Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. China says it's imperative to stabilize relations with the U.S. I worry that we have no plan, that we don't have a technology plan, that we don't have a military plan. I mean, we have a president who's kind of out of it. The debt ceiling stalemate continues. The president wants people's 401ks to be at risk so that he can then just get whatever he wants. Tucker Carlson returns on Twitter. Notable that since he's been fired, the ratings for Fox News at his hour have dropped. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, May 10th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday, Chinese Foreign Minister Qin Gong said it is imperative to stabilize its relations with the U.S. after a series of erroneous words and deeds. Chen says China is authorized, is prioritizing, rather, their efforts to prevent a downward spiral of its ties with the U.S. Gong met with Nicholas Burns, the U.S. ambassador to China, and emphasized that the U.S. needs to improve the way that it handles the Taiwan issue, stating that they see recent actions in America as undermining the so-called One China policy. The relationship between the U.S. and China sank to a new low last year when then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi paid an official visit to the democratically governed Taiwan, angering China, which claims the island as its territory. Tensions flared again in February when a Chinese high-altitude balloon appeared in U.S. airspace. And in response, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken canceled a visit to Beijing. And more recently, China became enraged when House Speaker Kevin McCarthy led a bipartisan group to meet with the Taiwanese president on her trip to the U.S. All this comes on the heels of a report that exposes China's military buildup with hypersonic missiles, calling into question the U.S. military's preparedness should tensions between the two economic juggernauts become kinetic. K.T. McFarlane is a former White House Deputy National Security Advisor and joined the Salem Radio Network saying that the U.S. military has fallen behind in technology. You know, for 20 years, we've ignored the military and the, the major looming threat in front of us, which is China. We focused on the Middle East, on the forever wars. And now I'm worried that we're ignoring the prevailing threat to us, which is China, as we're focused on Europe and Ukraine and Russia. Not that we shouldn't want to have Ukraine succeed, but don't do it at the expense of the real strategic threat to the United States. And certainly don't do it by drawing down our military capabilities so somebody else can fight their fight. And in addition to that, we've um, we've really fallen behind technologically. You know, we always think about America as the cutting edge technology power, whether it's with 
anything to do with cyber or whether it's anything to do with the internet or computers or, or, or cyber security or cyber weapons. And we've really fallen behind. I mean, the Russians and particularly the Chinese, they have a whole new class of weapons that we don't have. They're called hypersonic weapons. And we have no, we do not have hypersonic weapons. We do not have the ability to defend against hypersonic weapons. And that's just one area where we've fallen behind. McFarlane believes that the Biden administration is part of the reason the U.S. military is being left behind simply because they have no plan to deal with the real threat from China. I'm worried that not only have we not kept up with where we should, but we're not looking to the future and we've not, we're not developing these these more sophisticated technological weapon systems and that we're not investing in, in high technology. You know, the Chinese understand that the country that controls quantum computing, artificial intelligence, the country that controls the sort of 10 different areas of, of the technologies of the future controls the future. And China's had an all government approach, a whole of nation approach on surpassing the United States, not just economically, but militarily, technologically, politically, diplomatically, every way you can think of. And they plan to do it within a very short period of time, within the next five or 10 years. And I worry that we have no plan, hmm. that we don't have a technology plan, that we don't have a military plan. I mean, we have a president who's kind of out of it. And we have an administration which is really not focused on the looming threat in front of it, which is China. And that we're going to be caught very flat-footed unless we change course within, within a couple of years. Last month, China staged war games around Taiwan after Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy near Los Angeles. As part of the 2023 budget, Congress has authorized up to $1 billion worth of weapons aid for Taiwan. Using a similar type of authority that expedited security assistance and delivered arms to Ukraine. President Biden is predicting chaos at the southern border as COVID area asylum restrictions expire. Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more on the ongoing border crisis. The coronavirus pandemic-era policy allowed the U.S. to quickly expel many migrants, but those restrictions expire this week. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. We do want to put a process in place that's orderly, that's humane, and using the tools that the president has in front of him to do just that. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas says despite preparations by the administration, the border situation is extremely challenging. Greg Clugston, The White House. The stalemate over the debt ceiling continues after President Biden and Speaker Kevin McCarthy emerged from a meeting at the White House on Tuesday with no clear way to end their impasse over the federal debt and spending. The president says it is his opinion that a default would have severe consequences. Our economy would fall into a significant recession. It would devastate retirement accounts, increase borrowing costs. According to Moody's, nearly 8 million Americans would lose their jobs. However, Biden also says that the meeting with congressional leaders was useful. First, I just finished, uh, I thought, a productive meeting with the congressional leadership about the path forward to make sure America does not default, emphasize does not default on this debt for the first time in history. Still, 
The president is demanding that Congress raise the debt ceiling unconditionally to avoid a default, while Speaker McCarthy has already passed legislation and insists such a move be accompanied by serious spending restraint. The continued impasse could increasingly rattle financial markets in the days and weeks to come, as investors grow more concerned that the federal government may default on a portion of its debt and begin to miss payments to some government workers. Republican Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana joined the Salem Radio Network and lays out the Republican position and plan on the debt ceiling. At the end of the day, there, there has to be a, an agreement made. A deal has to get done. And so, you know, the speaker is going to go into a meeting with the other leaders. So you have Mitch McConnell, you have Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries. And I think it's going to be Speaker McCarthy and, and Minority Leader McConnell that are going to be pushing to get the kind of spending reforms we need to get our, our country back on track and to stop continuing to max out the nation's credit card with the debt ceiling. And we laid out a lot of good options in the bill we passed. It has real spending reforms, things that would save hundreds of billions of dollars for taxpayers. It has economic growth proposals to get the economy moving again, which also, you know, you, you have to do two things to balance a federal budget. You, you have to, one, get control over spending, but you also have to grow the economy. You have to do both. And we have elements of both in the package we sent over to the Senate. Uh, whatever final deal comes out, it, it needs to include both of those components. Scalise says that it seems as though Democrats have no interest in solving the debt ceiling crisis, which is why Republicans passed a bill on their own. Well, it's time to get serious. You've seen the president hiding out for over two months. You know, the president loves just sitting back. Uh, trying to stir up a crisis, scare the American people so that he can get more money to spend. That would be the most irresponsible thing that can happen. We knew that we wouldn't have the credibility to go to the table and demand that we get reforms to spending if we didn't put something out on our own, if we didn't pass a bill, uh, which meant that Democrats had no idea, no, no desire to solve this problem. So we knew we would have to do it on our own, and we did, which was no small feat, as you mentioned. You know, from the speaker to the whip on down, we all work together with all elements of our conference to come up with this proposal. You know, you see the left just taking shots at it. My answer has always been, well, then what's your idea? What's your bill that can pass the Senate or the House? Because we've shown what we can do to pass the pass a bill and dealing with both the debt ceiling and the problem that got us here. The Louisiana congressman believes that if the White House doesn't put out their own proposal on the debt ceiling this week, then they're simply not serious about paying America's bills. There's only a few weeks left. I mean, according to Janet Yellen, the X date, as they call it, the date that all the extraordinary measures end and the debt ceilings truly hit is June 1st. And so that means you've only got about three weeks left. This week, they should be putting real alternatives on the table. The White House should be. And if they're not, then they're not serious and they want a debt crisis. And that's not good for this country. Scalise feels that the Biden administration's refusal to bargain with Republicans on the debt ceiling is simply due to politics. We shouldn't be here in early to mid-May just starting to wonder what the president's opening bid's going to be. You know, again, over two months ago, the speaker and the president sat down to start talking about the debt ceiling. And then the president went into hiding because the president wanted to run out the clock. And I think it tells you something about his attitude towards crises. 
It's make the crises worse, worse, scare the American people more, scare financial markets more. The president wants people's 401ks to be at risk so that he can then just get whatever he wants in terms of a clean debt ceiling. That's not going to happen this time. But it sh- we shouldn't be here just weeks before that deadline. This should have happened over two months ago. Scalise says that the spending in Washington needs to get under control. If we don't fix the spending problem in Washington, it just keeps getting worse. It's not going to have the same problem again. It'll be a worse problem in a year from now. You, uh, the spending, think about it. For every dollar coming into the federal treasury, a dollar and 29 cents is being spent. That's how bad the spending problem is. And if we're shaving it down to a dollar and 27 cents, uh, it's still a big improvement over where we are now. Uh, but President Biden has to get in this game. He has to acknowledge this is a problem and be willing to work with us to fix it. Meanwhile, it's been reported that the president has been considering using the 14th Amendment to unilaterally raise the debt ceiling without the help of Congress. However, he implied that the process of litigation following the implementation of that tool would take too long to make a difference. While the 14th Amendment is a theoretical workaround, experts have said the president unilaterally issuing debt without a ceiling increase would prompt a severe constitutional crisis. According to reports, embattled New York Representative George Santos is facing federal charges. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hall joins us and has more on this developing story out of Long Island, New York. Two people familiar with the case tell the AP that Congressman George Santos has been charged with federal criminal offenses. Santos, who represents the New York District, has faced outrage and mockery over a litany of fabrications about his heritage, education, and professional pedigree. The charges against Santos filed in the Eastern District of New York remain under seal. The New York Republican has admitted to lying about having Jewish ancestry, a Wall Street background, college degrees, and a history as a star volleyball player. Serious questions about his finances have also surfaced. Norman Hall, Washington. He's back. Conservative commentator and former Fox News host Tucker Carlson is launching a new version of his show, On Twitter, you can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. Twitter CEO Elon Musk said that Carlson would be subject to the same rules and rewards of all users, including subscription revenue and community notes, the platform's content moderation feature. The news comes on the heels of Carlson and Fox parting ways last month for reasons neither he nor the networks will specify. Ilate Izadi is the media reporter for the Washington Post and says that since Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox News, 
the conservative media giant has been unable to retain his audience in Tucker's previously held time slot. Tucker Carlson was not mentioned by name, but it's, you know, notable that since he's been fired, the ratings for Fox News at his hour have dropped dramatically. And uh, today, Lachlan Murdoch made no indication that they're going to divert or change their editorial strategy. It seemed to be, if you read between the lines, that Carlson's firing represented a tweaking of a strategy, but that there would be no departure from what Fox has done um, for many years and for some time. The news comes as Abby Grossberg, a former Fox News producer, has withdrawn her lawsuit against Fox News, in which she alleges she was unfairly denied a promotion. However, reports suggest that she is expected to refile that suit in another jurisdiction. Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a trio of bills aimed at blunting communist China's influence in Florida. We get more on this from Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason. One of the bills places limits on the Chinese purchase of agricultural land and property near military installations and crucial infrastructure. Another addresses Chinese influence in the state's educational system. And the third bill is designed to protect digital data from CCP espionage. The governor's office says the measures serve as a blueprint for other states. Governor DeSantis says the Chinese Communist Party poses America's greatest geopolitical threat. Rich Thomason reporting. He's one of the biggest legends among legendary college basketball coaches. Longtime Louisville basketball coach Denny Crum has died at the age of 86. Daybreak insider Shelley Adler joins us with more on the passing of basketball's Cool Hand Luke. Louisville announced the death of Hall of Fame coach Denny Crum after being informed by his wife. While no cause was given, the coach had battled an extended illness. Crum, who retired after 30 seasons in March of 2001, lost his last game to Alabama. Anybody that knows me knows I hate to lose, uh, but but you got to learn to be a good sport. You got to learn to win. You got to learn to lose. Crum finished with 675 wins with Louisville and championships in 1980 and 86. The second half of his tenure was not nearly as successful as the Cardinals endured two separate NCAA investigations. I'm Shelley Adler. And finally, 26-year-old New Yorker Brian Lewis is challenging you, yes, you, to get up and get running. Lewis is asking strangers to step out of their comfort zones to join what he calls the 5031 Challenge. The challenge is a month-long fitness and fundraising event which raises money for the National Brain Tumors Society. After losing his father to brain cancer when he was still a boy, Lewis wanted a way to give back and connect others who may have been impacted by brain cancer. Lewis eventually decided on starting the 5031 Challenge in 2020 which encourages loved ones to run 50 miles in a span of 31 days. The 5031 Challenge is a running challenge where I'm asking people to run 50 miles in 31 days in support of the National Brain Tumor Society. When I was 10 years old, I lost my dad to brain cancer. I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of get back and do something good. Since then, the challenge grew into something greater by raising support during the month of May, which is 
Brain Cancer Awareness Month. This May in 2023, Lewis has raised so far $12,251 through 5031 challenge participants. The goal is $50,000. Lewis says that it's his hope that those who accept the challenge will just get out of their comfort zone. My hope is that people feel comfortable being uncomfortable, doing something new and tying it to a good cause is a way that everybody can get involved in a community event, in a way that people can give back to the community, in a way that people can create awareness for something that means a lot to a lot of people out there. Christian Spagnola is running because his cousin was born with a brain tumor. I had a cousin that was born with a brain tumor. Even when I, I'm at mile 40 and I feel like I can't go any longer, um, I push through because I know what she, she struggled through and uh, just the perseverance that she showed at such a young, young age. Lewis challenges everyone to just sign up and get running for a good cause. I think it's a good job. Keep doing what you're doing, get people going. I think bringing people together is a good thing. I think people doing it for good causes is a good thing, too. I think you'd be very proud. Don't be scared. Step outside your comfort zone. Sign up and get it done. No excuses. Lewis saw over 600 individuals join the cause in 2022 the participant count for 2023 has swelled to over 1,000 and is still growing. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.